Hello, and welcome to a special edition episode of Talk Concord, a City of Concord, New Hampshire podcast. Today, we have a special podcast for you to discuss a topic that's been on a lot of people's minds lately, recycling. I'm Angelina Zolkik, Communications Coordinator from Concord General Services, and joining me today is Adam Clark, Administration Division Manager, also of Concord General Services. Thank you for joining us today, Adam. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. So for listeners that may not know, Adam supervises and manages the administration of general services, which actually includes solid waste management. And Adam has been with the city over five years now and has about over a decade of experience in the solid waste industry. Yeah, 15 years I've been doing. Wow. Okay. Well, Adam, that makes you our go-to expert for today. (laughs) So would you mind starting by telling us a little bit about Concord Single Stream Recycling and the Pay-As-You-Throw program? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, like I said. Yeah. Um, so basically, the way the Pay-As-You-Throw program started is back in 2009, 2009 excuse me, um, the city was facing a uh, large increase in um, the cost of collecting uh, trash and recycling in the city and because of a contract expiration. And... Basically, that prompted the council to look at other funding me- mechanisms for uh, paying for the uh, or helping to pay for the operation. And mm-hmm. so, one of the things they looked at was pay as you throw um, was a pay as you throw program. Of course, we ended up uh, using the bags, but there's other ways of doing it: carts or stickers or so forth. But we ended up with the bags, um, and so that's where we're at on the pay as you throw. Uh, the single stream program, um, of course, is designed to help alleviate. Um, and increase recycling by allowing residents to take the recyclable materials out of the pay-as-you-throw bag, of course, uh, which they're paying for, and put it into the recycling stream, which is collected for free. Got it. Okay. So naturally, over the last decade, recycling has increased significantly in Concord, you'd say. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Basically, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, 2000s, 2010s now, um, recycling has gone up. You know, it's been, you know, part of our waste management strategy strategy in this uh, country for years now. And so you're seeing increasing recycling rates all over the place, especially in the uh, 2000s. Uh, There was a lot of strides made, particularly with with, uh, single stream recycling efforts. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, from my perspective or, or people in the business's perspective, one thing that we struggle with is what we refer to as, as wish cycling or mm-hmm. aspirational recycling. So sometimes you'll see um, people including items, uh, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about it today, but including items um, that shouldn't necessarily be in the recycling stream. Mm-hmm. And uh, while, of course, they're coming from a good place, they're saying, well, I have this item. I'm not sure if it's recyclable. Let me throw it in. That actually ends up harming the effort and, and um, causing a couple problems down the line. So why do you think people do that? Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think they're coming from a good place, right? So, like, everybody wants to recycle. Nobody is anti-recycling, mm-hmm. of course. And so if you if you have an item, you know, that you're just not sure about, whether it's, you know, imagine a piece of packing plastic, right? You order some some something off of Amazon that needs some sort of special packaging wrapped, wrapped around it. Um, that doesn't necessarily belong into the recycling stream. But people say, hey, it's plastic. Let me put it in there. Okay. Yeah, there's some logic behind that. Yeah. So what what kind of other things, I mean, you said some of the plastic wrap, but what other things don't belong curbside that 
often you'll find in the recycling. Well, bin. our big focus in the business is re- is really right now that plastic racks mm-hmm. wrap. So it's anything cellophane, films, um, shrink wrap, anything. You know, you imagine those water bottles. This is one I see a lot. Those water bottles that are wrapped in twenty four packs or whatever they are. Um, that shrink wrap shouldn't go into the recycling. Um, other things, you know, electronics, batteries, those sorts of things are also um, found in the stream. Used food uh, service items, you know, that are laden with food, you know, shouldn't be included. But we often find those items in there. Yeah. Well. So probably stuff also like styrofoam and like yeah, the paper, styrofoam, paper cups and plates. Yeah. And... Yeah. Anything that's food soiled really is right. problematic. Okay. You know? So the funny thing is some people might even argue that some of those things sound recyclable. Yeah, and that's that's really um, – that takes a greater level of understanding. So those items – many of those items, cer- certainly electronics can be recycled, certainly batteries can be recycled, and certainly plastic bags can be recycled. But the real, the real distinction is while they're recyclable in uh, certain um, – environments, they're not sortable in a curbside collection um, and processing type environment. So the machinery that's separating out uh, plastic bags, for instance, or or excuse me, curbside recycling isn't equipped to to sort of sort out plastic bags. So you, you know, if you think about a plastic shrink wrap, um, it sort of shares the, the characteristics of paper, right? So when the machinery and the is going through its process, it's going to end up in a paper bale. So mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're, um, you know, creating a paper bale and selling it to a paper mill, you really can't have plastic laden in that bale because when you pulp that down, you're going to end up having plastic in your finished product, which just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But isn't there people there too that, you know, sort through the lines and yep. kind of work to get some of that stuff out of the, the stream? Yeah, absolutely. So they're, they're final pickers. Um, by no means could they sort, you know, the volumes of recyclables that are, you know, I think the plant that our, our stuff goes to is I, it's up to 170,000 tons per year. So you can't, wow. you know, it's, it, it's a mechanical process, process with um, finishers okay. on the line. Okay. And I'm sure, yeah, I mean, if there's constant, you know, stopping of the line to remove plastic film and other materials, that that could be, you know, get in the way of production. Yeah, And then also probably a safety issue. Yeah, certainly. And those plastic, relative to plastic bags specifically, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, a thousand plastic bags, one plastic bag doesn't seem like a big deal. But when you have thousands of plastic bags in the stream... You know, because all this equipment is mechanized and moving parts and this and that, those plastic bags actually can wrap around the equipment, right. uh, destroy the equipment, damage the equipment. Uh, they have to maintain that equipment, slow it down, and it, it becomes a safety hazard, I think, like you said, to that for those workers because, you know, in aggregate, those plastic bags are are really strong and right. really can rip apart machinery. Yeah, and I thought I saw something somewhere um, about how they have to actually climb up into that equipment to yeah, physically crazy. remove it. That's crazy. So <laughs> not a job I'd probably want to have. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. So what should people do with these items then? If they're not recyclable curbside, should they just throw them away? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, well, just plastic bags of course, are recyclable, like I was trying to get at. You know, those in a, in a, in a dedicated stream, which a grocery store can provide for at their okay. entry, you know, a lot of ones in Concord have collection uh, for plastic bags there. 
those are going to be recycled. If you bring your plastic bags there and deposit them there, they're able to keep that material clean and dedicated and all, with like uh, plastic. And so, you know, when they, they pick up from the grocery store, uh, when they deliver the food, they'll grab those bl- bags um, and take them back to the distribution center and then bail them up and sell them to, you know, like a Trex decking or something like that. So those items are recyclable and I'd encourage people to do that certainly. Um, but I think, you know, in the case of electronics, we do have a transfer station there that can accept stuff like that. Okay. And so, um, you know, you'd want to do that with, you know, they take batteries and stuff like that, you know, on your food soiled items, like your food, you know, uh, used forks or used, um, you know, paper plates that are soiled and, and so on, you know, when in doubt, just throw it out, you know, really, because it, we, of course, want to be, you know, good recyclers and recycle right, of course, that's what everybody says. But in, in practice, you know, erring on the side of the ca- uh, of caution is really helpful for the whole the whole waste management um, paradigm in this country. Right. So when in doubt, throw it out. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that ties into what you were saying earlier about, you know, aspirational recycling and people trying to guess and make, you know, they, they hope something's recyclable. Um, but kind of taking that guess and shot in the dark is not always the best case here. Yeah, yeah. So with that aspirational recycling, it really ties into the bigger question about China, which I think is what everybody mm. uh, is a, is becoming aware of, certainly, um, if they're not already aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my background was really, um, I went to school for economics, but I ended up in my first part of my career um, really forecasting the pricing of materials and buying and selling tractor-trailer load quantities of material. Wow. Um, and so as, as it, <laughs> this is fascinating to me, <laughs> but, the, you know, China was the largest consumer of American um We'll call them waste products, but recycling, re- recyclable products. You mm-hmm. know, they, it was something like forty-five percent or forty percent or something like that went to China. And a lot of people don't know, but waste materials and recycling is actually the United States' largest export by volume. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so when you have a, a country like China, which is which is the backstory is China has put this um, this policy in place called the National Sword, and they're no longer accepting contaminated recycling from the United States, or not even from the United, from any global outlet, anybody, Europe, you know, uh, anybody that's sending them material, they're no longer accepting contaminated material. Yeah, so this is really like a national sort of issue. Yeah, it's a global issue, yeah. frankly. I mean, because when that, that they say no more, they, they, they mean it. I mean, they're, they're you know, it, there's no question, um, you know, there was stories of container loads being shipped back to the United States just because it got to the port found to be uh, contaminated and uh, just sent back to the United States. They have a no tolerance policy. The the contamination level I think people find interesting is half of 1% now. So, you know, you pick, you know, you pick a bale that's 2,000 pounds and, you know, what's what's half of 1%? There's nothing. You know, you you know, you think of what you put in your own recycling, right. you know, it has to be sorted out. It has to be sorted out because it has to be clean to be, even make this stuff marketable uh, for to even find a buyer. So for the whole recycling in- industry to it, continue to exist, you've really got to clean. We, not you, I mean, you were part of it. Everyone's <laughs> part of it. Of course. But, you know, we, we have to clean up our recycling stream. Wow. Okay. 
So how has this shifted where and how materials are being recycled? Well, it, it, it shifted a lot. You have, you know, brokers, you know, of which I played that role in the past, uh, scrambling. They've been scrambling for a couple of years, um, looking for outlets, you know, mill, paper mills, plastic mills, wherever, doesn't pop up overnight. It takes mm-hmm. capital. It takes um, time, effort, you know, uh, permitting, whatever. Um so you you have you have a commitment. You know what I'm seeing is you have a commitment on part of the industry um, that they need to do better, and we need to do better. So mm-hmm. anybody along the chain, the, the the supply chain, if you will, of raw material recycling, uh, needs to needs to commit to this uh, to 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 have it be uh, long lasting because it's it's. It's in a pretty precarious position, um, so so it all, it takes all of us, you know. Right. Okay. So how has this impacted Concord? Okay. So Concord's <laughs> still in a in a good position. We you know Casella, um, we're in a longer term contract with Casella, which we've got a few years um, left on. Yeah, uh, I think solid it's waste like to, through June twenty twenty four or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. that's right. So. Uh, the Solid Waste Advisory Committee uh, and General Services and admin- City Administration will be working on this uh, contract prior to that time, of course. So um, we'll we'll be working together. We're still in a good position um, relative to that, um, but but it is coming uh, to it, it. You know, time doesn't slow down. Right. <laughs> so you know, it's coming. Especially when you think of other communities. Yeah, I mean, you, we've yeah. heard other communities oh, sure. having to reduce recycling or pay more for recycling sure. or even stop their programs altogether. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a conversation um, for a community to have. And, and, I mean, you're seeing it, you know, certainly in New Hampshire, definitely regionally. You know, I mean, Boston has signed a new contract. Everybody, everybody's contracts have expired. Like, like I said, we're still in a u- unique position where ours was a longer term contract. So we're still in that, but we'll be, um, we'll be, we'll be coming up pretty soon. Right. Yeah. So Conquer's pretty lucky right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw a statistic. Yep. That what we recycle, about twenty five percent of it is actually contaminated. Yeah. Yeah. So contamination, you know, is, is kind of, if you look at it from an environmental perspective, you know, contamination undermines recycling efforts, right? Mm -hmm. So like you said, 25%, if you, if you have a hundred tons of recycling and contamination is 25%, you're, you're throwing away not recycling, right? Twenty five percent, and so that goes to really why we have to clean up our recycling stream. Yeah, is because those those kind of numbers, you know, and even higher. I mean, some some lo- locales are up in the forty percent contamination range. So wow. there's a lot of things that kind of feed into that. What makes it, con- you know, um, so high? But yeah, um, yeah we're we're probably in the twenty percent range. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and then you think about, you know, how many, how much trash is even generated in the first place and especially in America. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was at a conference re- recently and I, you know, I, um, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, I think a trash is like 10,000, 11,000 tons, something like that. And, you know, uh, there was a guy from Department of Sanitation in New York City. You know, they, they do that in a day. You know, so, <laughs> oh, so it's, it, you know, there's so much stuff out there, you yeah. know, and, and, you know. 
I guess when you're talking to people and you say that tons, well, tons is literally, you know, literally <laughs> I mean, they say tons and they think it's like, you know, four bags. And, uh. and, and it's when, when you aggregate what we as a city or we as a region or we as a nation or we as a whatever, um, there's it, it, a lot of material out there, you right. know, and, and a lot of it um, shouldn't be landfilled. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It should be recycled. The recycling, mm-hmm. you know, efforts and 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 uh, capacity is is important. Yeah, I, I I believe, and I believe most people believe, for us as as a society, community and society. You know, right? I mean, when you think about it, I mean, I think I saw the average American is like five pounds of trash a day, which again doesn't seem like a lot, yeah. but when you add it up yeah, and you up. consider the entire population, yeah, yeah I mean, crazy. it's hard to visualize. But like you said, it's all going to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 absolutely. Um, it's crazy. Sometimes I'll look at loads of trash and I'll be like, "Oh my word!" Like, like <laughs> it just it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't end. So for Concord, where does it go? So right now, um, with Cancel, it goes to the our trash goes to the Beth uh, Bethlehem landfill mm-hmm. um, up in Bethlehem, New Hampshire, and then our recycling goes down to Charlestown, uh, Massachusetts. As, actually, as you're driving into Boston, if you before you hit Boston, you drive um, through Charlestown, and there's Bunker Hill Community College on your left, which I think is where Goodwill Hunting was filmed, actually. <laughs> but then if you look on your right and you're kind of driving over it at that point, that's what the plant where our stuff is sorted out. And it's a big, it's, uh, I think, the biggest, it's definitely the biggest in New England, 170,000 uh, tons a year. Um, but I, I think it may be the biggest on the eastern seaboard um, because it's just a massive, massive recycling plant. And then from there, of course, it gets sort out, sorted out into its... It's parts, you know, paper, cardboard, um, you know, different types of plastics and, and so on. Uh, and and I've then heard those... that's so fascinating. Oh, I mean, yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah, been yeah, there, but yeah. I, you've been yeah, there. Yeah, I've been to a bunch of them. Yeah, they're crazy. Um, there, there's YouTube videos and everything. You can watch these these things, and, and they're really it, – it, it's, it's an engineering feat, you know, how they've done these, how they've, they've made these things so that materials, you know, that have, you know, characteristics, whether it's – corrugated being a larger item than most of the other items that you find in recycling. They pick that apart. An engineer is smart enough to say, hey, that's the biggest item in the stream. I'm going to make a screen so that all this stuff is going to fall through. And then the biggest item is going to pop off the top and wow. then go into a conveyor and get bailed up. And, and they separate it out that way. They do other other things with um, different inclines. So um, round round items will fall down you know, because it's going up. So the, 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 the bottles and the cans are going to roll back down. Oh, cool. You know, because it's yeah. being jostled at the same time. It's pretty wild. It's, it's, huh. they're, they're, they're really impressive, and, and, and it's interesting to see, you know, kind of behind the scenes of what actually happens uh, after it goes away from, you know, go away in quotes. You know, people can't <laughs> see the hands, you know. It goes away in quotes. It's it actually, you know, it, it's pretty interesting. Right. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. but... Do you think um, for the U.S. that we will eventually be able to find ways to domestically process and somehow restore the recycling programs right. here? Right. Um, I, I'd be a wealthier man uh, if, <laughs> if I knew the answer. You know, that's a it's a big question. I mean, I, I would say that, yes, there's a there's a there's a market opportunity. Right. So, you know, you have a global crisis. You have. Mm-hmm raw materials, if you will, in recycling that that somebody's going to want to say, hey, 
we can get these things on the cheap. We can build plants to manufacture whatever. Mm-hmm. It gets into the larger larger question of manufacturing in the United States. Right. Um, so that's a whole, that's a whole nother global topic. Different um, market. Yeah. Yeah. D- you know, there are efforts. Definitely. Uh, you know, there are some paper mills. I was just reading about a. Um, cardboard mill uh, somewhere in the, the Midwest that's opening because of it. And, but again, those things take time, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, to, to build a mill takes effort, you know, and, and, and money, it, yeah, and money <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, and it, it, if, it, if people see that entrepreneurs mm-hmm. see that and they, they say, Oh, I can make that work. Um, they will, you know, but it, it, it does take time. Right. So I guess another option would be maybe if the manufacturers would consider changing the way they make their products, make them more recyclable, more eco-friendly. That's another way to go about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and and again, you know, some some of the companies are making efforts, any you know, but really from my perspective, it well, so that's yes, definitely, definitely. If they can cut packaging, that is all in all a good thing. Yeah, or because make it more recyclable. I just heard about Hasbro. I don't okay. know if you heard about Hasbro, but they recently announced that, you know, they're planning to remove nearly all their plastic from their toy packaging and by 2022. Yeah. Which yeah, is like, a good thing. it's great. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's yeah, sure. probably taking them time and effort and money like we talked about. But I mean, any little thing to go in that same step of direction just yep. would help. Yep. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. A hundred percent. And then, you know, you couple that with people's buying habits, right? right. So like, if you're in the store and you say, oh, you know, what what can I purchase that's that's uh, uh, more sustainable or less packaging or yeah. whatever, whatever it is, you know, combine your Amazon shopping, you know, into that <laughs> once a month kind of deal. Right. So you yep. get all those products delivered on the same day in the same box. That's going to cut down on some number of boxes, which, you know, which is a good thing. Right. So, yeah, um, I think I think that's a that's a good move. Yeah. I mean, we've all heard the phrase reduce, reuse, recycle. And recycling should definitely be the last step. Yep, yep. And refuse, you know, you can say refuse that straw, refuse that uh, oh, another one, yeah. plastic uh, bottle, whatever. You know, that's, a, that's another R, right, for you. You know, that's, that's, a good, that's a good move, too. I mean, that's a great tip. I mean, I know I personally have started to refuse straws myself not that long ago. I mean, it was a really easy decision to make, and it just helped me be more aware of my waste. Sure. Sure. But I, I also used to throw away K-cut pods every single day. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had a discussion a while ago, and you kind of enlightened me always when we talk. But you enlightened me how, you know, some of these things like K-cups can end up in the landfills and yeah. how there's just so there's many. so many. There's so many. Yeah. And, wow. you know, think about it. Yeah. I mean, every day if you have at least one <laughs> yeah, cup yeah, of coffee, yeah, yeah, sure. and that's just one and who person. who has one cup of coffee? Yeah. Seriously. But you don't think about it. Right. Again, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But yeah. it goes a long way. You know, individuals, you know, I think that's the most powerful thing is just being an individual, you know, thinking for yourself and saying, I'm going to I'm going to reject this. I'm going to yeah. try to do better and, and take responsibility for for what what you're doing. I think it's a good it's good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, nope, I'm going to change. And I actually bought one of those uh, reusable K-cup filters. So <laughs> it's been great because, yeah. yeah, I've been saving money, but I've been reducing my waste. Cool. So, yeah, it goes a long way. Cool. But, yeah, so it seems like, you know, things have changed with recycling. It's not so much recycling as much as you can anymore. That's I think that was the theme back then. Yeah. But yeah. now it's more recycling what you can. Yeah. Recycle right, you know, yeah. when it's out, throw it out, whatever little missives, you know, it's like. Just, just 
make sure that we're doing good, you know, doing right. our best, you know, is, is, is how we want to be. Good. So is there a place that people can find more information about recycling and maybe even a list of items that they can they can recycle curbside? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on uh, conquerednh.gov slash recycling, um, we have a pretty robust list of uh, acceptable and unacceptable materials that you can go through. And, and we've got we've got some materials there that should help guide, you know, the office staff up at General Services is great. Always happy to answer questions. I'm always happy to talk with residents, anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's conquerednh.gov uh, slash recycling. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adam, very much for joining us for this discussion today. Anytime. My pleasure. Be sure to stay informed about all things Concord General Services by visiting our website at conquerednh.gov slash general services. Subscribe to our General Gazette newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at ConcordNHGS. Also, be sure to sign up for Notify Me alerts at ConcordNH.gov. Check out the City of Concord's blog at cityofconcordnhblog.com. And follow the City of Concord and other city departments on social media as well. This podcast is available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Be sure to check back in soon for the next episode of Tom Concord. Thanks for listening.